What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Candler English with TG Garage Talks. I'm here today with uh, Mr. Lee Hollis and Corey Smith. Yes. Hello. And this week we're going to be talking, well, we're finishing up uh, this series of the four things that young men need. Um, And tonight we're going to be talking about fathers um, and what fatherhood can look like um, in our lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking about earlier, like we have had vastly different experiences uh, growing up in terms of having fathers and fatherhood and what that's um, looked like. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Corey, yeah. I'm going to kick us off and kind of yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think it's important to say, you know, as we kind of talk about, um, you know, our childhood with or without fathers, mm. you know, I think, I think it's important to talk about um, where our fathers came from or mm. didn't meaning like I came from a very blue collar family where yeah. work ethic was very important and emo- emotional e- you know EQ was was a lower priority and so I you know a lot of my fathering experiences with my blood father Earl Alfred Smith who some of you the have met um <laughs> is you know the he he was a product of his fathering you know, and then in some sense, early in my years, I was a product of my fathering and still, you know, to some degree now mm-hmm. um, for, for, for good and for bad. You know, I think we, we obviously have choices to, you know, as we grow into our own masculinity and, you know, fatherhood or father figurehood, um, we obviously have choices of what kind of father we're going to be. But again, for me, a lot of my my early years as a child... Um, were really based on um, kind of more of an emotionless mm. um, uh, environment. I mean, I can remember even even as a child, I I was an emotional child. I have children now, and one of my children is can be very emotional, um, and she is a a quick reminder to who I was as a child, which is terrifying <laughs> and also i would say <laughs> i'd leave leave no, from the like just the potential mm. that, sure that is within her oh, of course i mean it's just, know, it's just she's a powder cake yeah. yeah i mean she's uh i mean she's you know she's gonna Such change cool she is gonna change the world for sure <laughs> uh but i but i the, the thing is is that I, I probably grew up um with with parents and specifically a dad that really um at that point really had no idea what to do with me mm. Um, and I could feel that as a kid. Yeah. And um, there were things that I, I, whether I knew it or not, those are things that I've had to walk through, you know, as an adult. But for sure, the the idea of, um, you know, maybe we'll get it, we'll get, obviously get into philosophy more, but that was a little bit of my initial uh, movement, uh, my experience of having a father in that sense, meaning, like, for sure, I, I'm not even sure of a Saturday I ever slept in in my entire life. Mm. 
Because for sure I was out. I wasn't singing, uh, mowing the lawn like <laughs> like Lee. <laughs> but for sure I was I was out doing something. Yeah, you know I was out working in the yard or the garden mm-hmm. or. Uh, but that was very much uh, my speed uh, for my weekends, even right. at an early age. So um, obviously a priority for my, my my dad was kind of like you hunt, you fish, you work hard, wash yeah. and wash and repeat. So. Yeah. For sure. There you go. Yeah. That's my kind of initial kind of fathering experience. Yeah, vastly different. Yeah. <laughs> vastly different. Grew up in a single parent family home in in government housing, you know, food stamps, the whole the whole nine yard. Um, the men that we saw around were not fathers. Mm-hmm. They were men visiting women and you know, just mm-hmm. I don't know, just completely different. I I, I think the, the fathering that I saw was on TV, mm-hmm. you oh, know, wow. and yeah, yeah, had, yeah. you know. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, literally fathered by uh, men in on TV shows, uh, in uh, my mother's pornography, mm-hmm. you know, like different images of of masculinity there. Um, and just had this longing, you know, like this idyllic longing that no man could ever fulfill mm. to, for them sure. to be my father. And, and certainly learned some lessons out of that that I, that we, that I personally pass on to TG guys today. But, um, yeah, just huge amount of expectations for the idyllic thing of what it, what it looks like. And then, you know, as, as we could all probably share stories as we get older, like the the naivety of of youth and our myopic viewpoint as children mm-hmm. kind of falls away as we grow older and we start to give our fathers more of a of a break. <laughs> yeah. the, oh my like, gosh, yeah, they're they're humans. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so hold on, real quick I, for you, Lee. What if there's like one TV character from the seventies that you're like, oh my dad. Wow. I gotta think about that one. Okay, we'll come back around. Yeah, and you can't say Duke's a hazard. But anyway, <laughs> um, you can't say Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse. What about you, Kayla? What do you? Where's your? Where? Where does? Where does fathering land with you? And I know um, this is probably kind of, it's fresh. Yeah. You know, obviously from the summer, a... but yeah, verbally process with us just here. Yeah, for I a mean, minutes. I, I, yeah, it's kind of funny, you know. You come into TG with all these expectations of like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the ex girlfriend, or I'm gonna figure this thing out of that. And a lot of the times, I mean, at least in our group, um, we're just talking about our parents. Um, sure, I think that so much of um, who we are is birthed from that, um, and even unknowingly, like I was diving into stuff in process group, or even with you guys, or even the boys and just kind of like, Oh yeah, I learned this from my dad. I learned this from my mom. I've believed this about myself. Um, and so fatherhood for me, it, it seems to be a kind of fresh, um, kind of like you said, it's kind of hard to encapsulate right now. Cause I mean, you know, I learned a lot of stuff that my, um, my dad didn't do so great. Um, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of hurt and things that have come from that. Um, but also I've realized, you know what, he's like, he did a lot of good. Like he gave me a lot of tools to kind of put me in um, good and a really good place. Um, so, yeah, I, for me, I think the biggest thing is taking the good with the bad. And I've even had conversations with him or my both of my parents of just like um, really wanting to see them 
one, let them off the hook. Because, you know, like, you can't have a constructive conversation when you're just ready to just, like, tear their heads off, right? Um, so for me, it was a really big thing of, like, listen, like, I want to hold the good and I want to hold the bad um, simultaneously. And let's look at it together. Let's see um, where a conversation might need to be had or where some healing needs to take place, but also where we can celebrate of just like incredible things, um, that you all did and how I've grown from it. Um, and so I'm, yeah, really with my dad, I mean, at this point growing up, it, it was hard. He was, you know, had the nine to five office job and, they kind of squeezed a lot of life out of him, the corporate America gig. So he would come home and either would be hunky dory or he'd sometimes blow up. And so I had to, um, kind of had to filter through like, okay, like what was just his bad day and what was me? Sure. Because I believe put that so much. Well, I mean, I can't even imagine you, I don't, I don't know what kid can, can separate those yeah two, right, right. Yeah. i'm thinking just like everything's all yours face, right yeah. yeah you take it face value because you don't know you don't know in some sense like what, like, what work requires yeah, yeah right completely yeah yeah so um so now i mean now i'm really just been trying to focus on friendship with him like sure. him and my mom are coming up we're seeing a show in denver january nice. coulter wall super good western your parents artist coulter wall yeah okay. which i'm surprised but they're they're in <laughs> they're in for it so i am too um and, and, you know, I, I think you kind of, and I would love your thought, both of your thoughts on this. And Lee, I mean, for sure, I think we all have stories of, uh, we would use the word father figures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd also use the word, you know, it takes a village to raise mm-hmm. a child. But I would say it takes a village of fathers to raise a child. Um, that, um, I, I mean, I know this is. I'm going to get some booze from the peanut gallery on this one, but I, I think even the, the, the best father in the world is, is incomplete mm-hmm. in, in the, in the fathering they they offer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that as a dig, I'm just saying that as a reality. And there is this place that we, um, we, we, we are have to choose to seek out fathering. Mm-hmm. I think Candler thinking about you choosing training ground, for sure, whether you knew it or not, you were choosing fathering. Oh, for sure. And yeah. you probably day one could not have said, "I'm here because I need more fathering." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need. Uh, and and again, there's this kind of there. There is this like stigma, like awkward conversation part when we start talking about dads and fathering. Um, but I think there's some real fruit in really engaging the conversation. So that's why I would. If anyone is listening to this that, you know, is kind of like, I don't really want to go there, um, I would encourage you to just hang on in this conversation and mm-hmm. see where, you know, you land. Um, but, um, yeah, where yeah. you guys at? Well, yeah, yeah I'd, li- I'd like to speak to – oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys say? Well, no, I just – I mean, uh, kind of the rest of the story – part of the rest of the story for me was um, I did not know who my father was, and I found out. December 22nd of 17, who he was, and then he passed away five, uh, three days later, December oh, wow. 25th of 17. Yeah. And I was so angry. Yeah. You know, I, I had prayed and prayed and prayed, you know, to know my father, and it just didn't happen. Mm. And, and it, super hard lessons along along the way, and also lessons on the other side of his passing. Um, because I think I, I had held out that one day my father would come in. Mm. I remember praying as a as a nine year old 
we had a father-son basketball game at the little school I went to, and I prayed for a week ahead that my dad would show up. Mm. And in my head, I saw him walk into the doorway, and it was my dad, and he saw me, and I saw him, and across the gym, we ran, and he picked me up, and then we played this this game, you know, mm. and it was me and my dad, wow. you know, and it never happened. Wow. Um, but I brought that same expectation to every man along the way, mm-hmm. that he was going to be this man that came in, swept me off my feet, loved me, fathered me, disciplined me, trained me. Yeah. And, and with that kind of expectation, every man along the way failed me. Yeah. It just, and it's not fair. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't sure. fair. It was also very innocent and naive of me, you know, um, to, to do that. So I'm not condemning that, that young, young Lee, but it also set me up for a lot of failure and a lot of hurt. Yeah. Because there'd be a man along the way that said, man, I love you like a son. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, here it is. Yeah, Here's my time. dad, you know. <laughs> and he would always fall short of that because he yeah. just could not be. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're talking around maybe some of the fathering that happens in training ground. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I have to tell guys all the time is like, you had a father. Mm. Your father was X, Y, Z. And you need to celebrate or mourn that. And until you celebrate or mourn that, you will never be able to receive from other men the fathering that God has for you through them. Because until you let go of the expectations, whatever another man offers you will never be enough. But if you can mourn the loss of your father or celebrate that and say that's what it was, then whatever you get from another man as far as who God provides to step in is just a gift. Yeah. It's just a gift. Oh, for sure. You know, the kind of the rest of my story, I was taken in when I was 16 by a very loving family um, and began to be fathered by a, nam- a man named John Hollis, who I eventually took his name. Hmm. And I could not be more blessed you know, to, to know this man, uh, faults and failures and humilities and all, but he loves us and he serves us. And, uh, I just saw him, I just saw him a couple of days ago and, uh, he was, uh, he was on my brother's front porch and he said goodbye. And the last thing he said was, I'm proud of you. Mm. <laughs> you know, what what's better than that yeah, you know completely. but there's also a lot of water under the bridge you know and if if i was holding out this anger at god for not allowing me to know my biological father i could never receive the love and the gift and the blessing um from the man who i now call dad mm. um i just couldn't because i wouldn't be available to it yeah well yeah you're closed up holding on to you know and, and that's something that i found even in the program was I mean, yeah, for a lot of the summer, I was I was pretty pissed <laughs> at my parents. And um, I had this list of things I was going to, you know, crack down and tell them and confront them. Um, but going home, I was able to just sit down with them and say, listen, like, I'm going to bring some stuff to you all that hurt me. And I want you to know before I even tell you that I've forgiven you. Um, and obviously, that's, that is a process and can be a process. But um, through that, of just kind of being able to let go, um, even in before the conversation as the program was going on, um, I was able to receive from y'all and, and even, you know, Brunk and all these other guys that were just around that would be able to be almost, yeah, like this little, 
kind of like you're saying, it takes a village to give a little, almost the slice of the pie here of like, Oh, I needed that. Mm -hmm. I needed that today. But yeah, like you said, like I've, I've often just been like, especially with mentors in the past, like I go to them and expect them to be this, you know, Christ like mentor or father or whatever. And, um, I think that one, yeah, like you said, no man can, can feed all of that. Um, but to the joy of it is the Lord brings in so many different men with so many different passions and strengths and we get to receive all of it, which is like the biggest gift ever, you know? I think one of the significant things for me that I heard from you when you came back and said you'd had that conversation with your parents mm -hmm. is that you said you learned a lot and that you were maybe even off on some of your accusations. Yeah. Because you just learned the whole picture. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. Like, we'll go back to the beginning of saying, when you're young, you have this perspective. Oh, for sure. You know, until you're able to challenge it, then you're not ever going to learn. But mm -hmm. in that conversation, and thank God your parents such a gift that they were willing to sit and listen to you. Oh, yeah. But you never would have learned what you learned and maybe even gained some humility in that process. Mm -hmm. You know, and be like, oh, yeah, I was just being a brat right here. And, like, I was in the wrong or whatever. Yeah. You know, so. And it's so good for you and so good for your parents, you yeah. know, to, to be at that spot. Yeah, completely. There is, yeah, there is a transition that you start to have conversations with your parents as adults. Um, and there is that piece. And I think, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to say training ground does a lot of good things, but I certainly do believe that it does bring a certain piece of maturity to that relationship mm -hmm. of a young man and his parents Yeah, where you, you already are in transition into adulthood, but there is that place that you get to um, kind of step outside of their authority uh -huh. as a man and then re-engage as a independent man. Yeah. Um, and thank God, you know, I mean, yeah. I know I've heard, I've, I know of stories that have not gone well, yeah. um, in those types of conversations, but thank God for, well, yeah, I, for, I mean, for the Englishes, yeah. <laughs> Bill and Beth, shout out. Well, and how many, how many guys have we taught how to fly fish? And then we hear three months later that they had this amazing moment sure. where like, yeah, I took my dad out. Yeah. I showed yeah. him how to do this. Yeah. Just this whole thing that was created and. The roles are switched, and yet it's this beautiful thing. Yeah, it's just coming amazing. together. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and that was something, and we've talked about before, but love. Um, yeah, I stepping into my parents' um, house, I I just had this, like, posture and, like, confidence of, like, like, I'm not coming in to crack any skulls. No. But I there's a fire in me, sure. you know, that I can step up and be like, hey, and just lay it out. And in one, in one connection and be like, you know, striving sure. for that. But if it doesn't happen, like I'm unchanged. Sure. You know? Um, and I think that's something that the, the program definitely instilled. Sure. Like I left with that, like, wow, sure. And let's I, do this. Doesn't that posture though, encourage a different conversation? Oh, completely. You know, instead it, of I'm the victim, I'm going right. to come in no, and right. get revenge. No, not at all. Yeah, I, yeah. An important part or even of, of my journey is there is some inventory as you kind of grow in that young man, stage mm. um, because there's some things that kind of as you do inventory in your own heart you're kind of going hey I need this type of fathering and I know um, this is almost kind of like a second podcast but the idea of one doing inventory on your own heart going say I'm incomplete and it, for me it was very much like I'm incomplete in money mm. you know I don't know how to manage money well or how money works or I don't really know how to lead my wife well so 
that is another piece of fathering that I need. And so even part of my process was just going to the Lord saying, Lord, open my eyes to the men that are around me that I can glean from. Yeah. Right. And then there's kind of these men that pop up and then there's <laughs> this process of, you know, pursuing them to the point of saying, Hey, I see your marriage. Yeah. Hey, I see in quote unquote, the assumption of what your finances look like yeah. or your business looks like. I mean, cause that, I mean, there is some joy of a son being a student, right? Is oh, this completely. place of like, show me. Yeah. Like, you know, and being I, okay with that. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. just and, and being a sponge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think my hope is that in Training Ground, we are giving guys the tools to do that. Yeah. One, to evaluate their own lives, see where the, see where the deficiencies are, uh-huh. and then go and then pray into those places and then have action steps to say, I need fathers. I'm going to go find some. Yeah. Well, yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Come out with us. Are you good? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, awesome. I mean, I do want to say one thing. I mean, we this is a series of four, and so... You know, between we've, what we've done, brotherhood, uh, wilderness, work, and now fatherhood. Yeah. I mean, th- th- hopefully these are gyms. They felt like gyms for me. Yeah, so. been a great time for me. I've just enjoyed soaking it all up. So, yeah. You know, we th- we could probably do another podcast on each one of those subjects. Uh, oh, well, yeah, we sure for sure. Yeah, maybe we maybe maybe we'll loop back around. Eight parter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just I'm just thinking that there might be someone listening to one of these podcasts in the series and that might have a question mm-hmm. or want to hear more about it. And sure. They should contact us and do that. Is there a good yeah. way that they can contact you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, candler.w.english. Dot music. Um, I also have an art account, but you'll see that. Um, and then we're also on uh, Instagram is Training Ground at Training Ground Colorado. Um, so yeah, if y'all have any questions or any um, just insights of how the podcast has impacted you, um, we'd love to hear from y'all. And or if you have a subject that you want yeah to, oh yeah. completely yeah. yeah if you have Good. something rising up in your heart that you want to have us dive into and yeah so yeah anywho this is Candler English with uh, TG Garage Talks. This has been. Lee Hollis, Corey Smith, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now, guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please, man, look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast, and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com, and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado, as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon.